Thank you all for making it. We're going to be the number one media conglomerate in the world. The key here is act like a happy family. G to the E knee. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Just all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to say. Oh, no. <laughs> well, what would make you feel better, Jeannie? What are my choices, Mike? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Stupid jokes. Or? Or serious commentary on a podcast. Maybe I should do stupid jokes. <laughs> or I'll do my best to work some in. All right. Jeannie, I have some questions for you, though, about this particular episode. Hit me up. I'll see well, if maybe, I can answer that. Maybe I'll just work you over and then I'll make you forget your woes and you can get lost right, in succession. Lost in Dundee. Do you know, Jeannie, why Logan and Ewan hate each other so much? Do you think it has something to... No, it can't have something to do with the sister. No, I don't. They have, later on in the show, they talk about this stupid bird-watching thing they do at that pavilion. Right. You think that's it? Or do you think that's just a symptom of what they really hate each other? The reason. No, I think there's, there's something more... You know, he hates what Logan stands for. You know, like, he's the opposite of Logan. You know, so he... And I don't know if it's really just that or if it's something more, because when the topic of the sister kind of came up didn't he say you know you're not responsible for that you are responsible for all this other crap that you put out into the world but you're not responsible for right right and it's interesting too that ewan's older than logan yeah i mean i guess it'll come out in time it's kind of interesting and funny now do you think he's He's funding the opposition in some level, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's the one behind the whole... Well, he's clearly behind Greg. He wants Greg to, to not work there anymore. But yeah, right. I think he's behind the cruise ship guy, too, somehow. So no Stewie and Sandy behind that, which I was kind mm, of hoping maybe we were... Maybe the three of them, maybe, but I think it's mostly you and... Is that how you say his name, Ewan or Ewan, or how do you say it's his Ewan? Name? It's Ewan. It is kind of Scottish, like Ewan McGregor, the actor. Okay. It's spelled. It is spelled Ewan for those of us from the Upper Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, all that Ewan? <laughs> so, Jeannie, what also? So, another question: What was Roman doing before season one? Episode one. What was he doing before? I know he. They made it sound like he was there previously, and he hated it. Like he was working for the company before, and he left, and he was like glad that he had left because he was. Remember, he was kind of making fun of it. Well, he makes fun of everything all the time, doesn't he? And that's sort of his defense mechanism. Yeah. Don't you think? I got the feeling that he was kind of like, I'm glad I'm out of here because, oh, those are all big, important things. Like he like he was making fun of it like he had seen it before, and he's now glad that he's not part of it anymore. But, but like his backstory? Yeah. Then, then he came back, and he sucked in after. Yeah. Like after he Kendall. tried it because he's a part of the family. Like, okay, it's my natural course of my career as part of the family to go into this empire and then he didn't like it or something, and he got out, and because he, he wasn't really part of the company when we first met him. He just seemed so kind of buffoonish that I, had a, I would have a hard time 
seeing him on any kind of progression. He just, you know, he's, he's good at, he's good at the role he's kind of trying to carve out for himself now is being the glad hander while Jerry's the brains behind, you know, he can bring that piece pretty well, but I never thought he was like a strategic thinker type. I always thought he was just sort of the, the goofball. Yeah. I don't know what he brings to the company really at if anything at all. No, he doesn't have any strategic skills other than just sort of the glad-handing guy, kind of like a lobbyist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, really, he is good at that, and I think I think he's sort of coming into seeing that that's what he's good at and t- trying to partner up with Jerry, who brings what he completely lacks in terms of brains and strategy and kind of business acumen, but he can read the room. He can read the cues. Yeah, he's very intelligent. I I just don't know if I I would not want to go on any type of a one-day vacation leaving him in charge of anything. Right. So that's why I have a hard... (laughs) It would immediately catch on fire somehow. Yeah, and then he'd he'd run as far as he could from it. Right. (laughs) Jeannie, have you ever been to Scotland? No. Have you? I was pretty close to this place, Dundee, Scotland. I looked it up on the map because I didn't know where Dundee was. And it's in eastern port city, a little bit north of Edinburgh. It's on the eastern coast of Scotland. And I was in a little place called um, Arcturarder, which is about 30 or 40 miles west of it. It's kind of in the middle of the country. I was there for work and I stayed with this this guy who was a dealer for these vehicles that we were selling. And he was... Uh, and I stayed at his house with his family. It was actually pretty That's cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah, and we went out to uh we went out like to the hey, you want to go to the golf course and have a drink? <laughs> and it was like this golf course was like a castle in the middle of this beautiful oh, Scottish wow. you know, farmland. And it was all farmland. It was all like single just like you would picture Scotland. Scotland. But you didn't stay in a castle? I didn't stay in the castle. We just visited the castle. But I stayed with right. his family. It was like it was great, man. It was really cool. I always have these fond memories of it. How long did you get to stay? Like three days, four days. Well, I stayed three or four days with them, and then I went down to London and I screwed around there for a couple days, and it was cool. That sounds like fun. All right, Jeannie, are you feeling better? Yeah, I'm feeling better. You've eased <laughs> me in now. <laughs> All right, well, um, this thing starts out at this play, Sands. I guess it's um, something about sand because we see Greg get irritated by the sand that's in the play. Um, yeah. But the but the, pre- the first scene is just this episode that's uh, a preview, I guess. Just 1,000 people are there. Uh, it's a preview of the play. It's like a test run. Right. And apparently this play sucks, Jeannie. It does. Um, it would yes. have been better if Willa's voice was better, but she's only at like 30%. Right, and he's apologizing to everyone for it. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty funny. I mean, it, it provides some good humor for... It's got to be pretty bad if Connor thinks it's bad. It's funny, pretty... it's funny with this show, because as, as we know, we do The Affair, too, and we have to like just like find humor to survive that show. This show, it's like... The drama is the best part of this show, and the humor is just like a cherry on top. No, it's great. I, I love it. The, the affair is a different situation. The affair's lost its way, I think. 
So anyway, back to this. Shiv and Tom yes. were talking about the Dundee party. It's essentially a visit back to Logan's home turf where he grew up to celebrate 50 years in business. When we saw the next songs, it looked like his memorial because they were making a wisecrack about it. Right, right. But it's really his 50-year celebration in business, and they call it the Log- Loganathon. Right. And he was getting he was also opening up a journalism school or getting something from the journalism school there. Yeah, he was they dedicate they named it after him. Right. Didn't he give them some money or something? Right. So he went there for that. Did he start it? Wasn't it? Did he refurbish it or start it or something? He gave him a bunch of money and they got his name on it. The Logan Roy School of Journalism. Yeah. Okay. It's 10 reasons why you're never going to get paid. So, right, how to how to learn to do clickbait. Right, right. Uh, clickbait headlines. So Shiv and Tom were talking about this, and the actor guy that Shiv slept with a few episodes ago walks past and says hi. And Tom and Shiv are having problems with this open marriage, Jeannie. They don't, they have it, but they don't really know how to handle it, I don't think. She doesn't say anything. He knows. He picks up on it. Don't you think he seemed a little less shook by it? I think he revels in this jealousy. It's like every time he catches her, he gets a little bit of more power because he has one more up on her. But he's jealous. He's hurt by it, but he, like, revels in it in an odd way. Because he said, look at you, you know, and it didn't have it. It just sort of, I don't know, it just had a little bit of a different tone. He didn't seem quite as unsettled by it, I didn't think. He didn't seem quite as hurt, yeah. Yeah, well, like, it was just another reason that he had to be angry at her. It's, it's, like, a, it's like, you owe me one more now, Shiv, because this happened. Do you think he seemed angry when he saw it, or uns, or, or what? I think he's jealous. I think, like I said, he's jealous, but he's reveling in it, being jealous. Like, all right, I can handle this. I'm, I'm still jealous, but I can handle it. Because maybe he's thinking about his own conquest. But I think things are changing for old Tom here. Yeah. Well, the next ons really prove. Yeah. <laughs> we get to that. But, um, yeah, and I think he's just, he's not feeling himself on this little trip, I don't think. He's, he's not really on his A game. It's funny, though, because he says, is that him? And Shiv says, him who? He's like, him who? Come on, Shiv. You know better than that. She just looks up, hmm. She's really playing the Logan thing. She's really got his, she's starting to do the Logan Roy non-answering sounds. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So Connor and Will are having some money problems with the play. Looks like they bought the wrong kind of sand. Right. (laughs) It's not desert sand or it's not the right kind of sand for some reason. Yes, right. No, he's bleeding money in it. Um, Kendall gives his congratulations while subtly slamming Connor. He's pretty funny. And uh, they both, then they both, Connor and Kendall, both diss Willa, calling her a playwright. Uh, right, right. And then... She, said she was always a playwright. Then he's got stars in his eyes for the girl. Yeah, help me why does he like this girl? Jeannie? I don't know. I honestly don't know, but he was starry-eyed. Ooh, he liked her. All I saw her do was smile and laugh, you know. But no, he must have really liked her performance. Mm. But I, I didn't... You know, I wasn't feeling it the way I was feeling him with the Naomi thing. You could sort of feel that. But this one, I I didn't know either why. 
Connor doesn't even like her. Connor calls her a whack job actor. Right. I think, Jeannie, I think Connor's losing his palate for this play pretty quickly. Yeah, no. I, I Yeah, he seemed, he, he, you know, apologizing for it, you know, when he was just so, so, you know, he was starry-eyed about her. And so now he's already apologizing for it and he's got no money. I didn't think he'd run out of money. But well, it was on Broadway, wasn't it? Previewed on Broadway there. Well, whatever the preview does, I mean, that has to cost a lot, I guess. It does. It's a production. So Shiv asked Kendall if he got the party invitation from Rhea. I guess she sent out an email to everybody. And um, they start recording these tributes for the for the um, party that they're going to throw for Logan. It's the surprise party, right? Yeah. That's what she's doing. So the tributes... What did you think of that? I thought it was hilarious. Roman huh? Roman was like Joe Pesci. Like he does his right. tribute and the guy's like, oh, that was perfect. That was so good. Let's try it one more time. And he's like, hey, if it was perfect, why do you want one more? Straight face like Joe Pesci, exactly like Goodfellas. Right. <laughs> um, and then he animates a funny voiced one. And, and I just think, who wrote those tributes, though? Like, was it supposed to be written by them or it had to be somebody else? Well, I mean, Connors is freaking ridiculous. Oh, my God, though. It just was crazy. Like a little boy. They were both sort of like little boys. So they're all they're all kind of waiting outside oh. as they each take their turn. And Connor, won- Connor wonders with Shiv why the parties in Scotland were... It seems like Logan hates this place. He had to shit outside as a little kid, a poor kid... And he doesn't seem to have any affection at all for this Dundee. No, he doesn't. He's got bad childhood memories that I don't think we've been told about. And he may, that may have been exaggerated even. This is where Shiv starts to strategize the whole Rhea situation. And she's starting to get a little bit of pushback. And along the way here, Jeannie, they learned that Jerry was once the new thing. And as they speculate whether Ray is the new thing, they they get reminded that Jerry was once the new thing. It's so hard to believe. I saw, I heard that, and I just didn't. You know, you don't. I don't pick up on that dynamic at all between her and Logan. Not anymore. I could see how it could have been though. This kind of makes Roman look jealous, though. This was interesting, and in the look on his face when this kind of when this subject came up. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where Connor does his tribute. And, you know, he asked, you asked who wrote this. It had to be some freaking two-year-old because Connor's, Connor's tribute is, it's me, Connor, Connor Roy, Connor your son. Roy. <laughs> <laughs> he has to give his last name and introduce who he is. You know, I love you, Super Dad. I super it's, love it's, you. It just, and I thought, is this a joke? Like, is this really like I thought they were both, even Romans, I thought, were supposed to be sarcastic. But they weren't. Yeah. And, and I think he's a grown man reading this with a straight face. All these kids are sort of infantilized in these ways. Like like the kids, the children, I get the children for Christmas. They're grown, they're grown men and women. Except for Shiv. You know, it's like the it's like Connor and Kendall and, and Connor and Kendall mostly. But didn't didn't they seem like little boys? Yeah, Shiv came back to life in this episode. I think she really kind of re- reasserted herself, even though she lost. She like took two steps forward and then three back, but then she got like five more forward at the end. 
See, I think she's showing how smart she is now because she's strategizing and they're still kind of laughing at her. The brothers laughing at her and teasing her, you know, they can kind of see they went along with with, um, you know, the plan to sort of unsettle Rhea by telling her to say this and do that. Like little kids. Right. With the with the stepmother, you know, the sound of music when they put the frog down at the (laughs) dinner table, you know, she sat on it. It just reminded me of they were all little kids, you know, looking at each other and telling her to say the wrong thing. It was hilarious. Almost for just the spite of it, more so than the help the help they were giving Shiv. It was just like, oh, this is something we, this is a trick we can play. This will be fun. More than exactly. strategizing to help Shiv. She, um, they, they don't get it yet. So exactly. Kendall, Kendall shows up in the same clothes he was wearing yesterday and Shiv starts to play lay the groundwork for what she's doing. She calls Rhea dangerous. And Kendall just says, leave it alone. If dad's into it, that's what's going to happen. If dad's into it, that's the way it has to be. Right. And uh, Roman supports that statement. And this, these are kind of the first cracks in Shiv's plan to deposition Rhea. Like, she's not going to get total full support from her brothers. I was going to say, Kendall, he sort of seems to have checked out again a little bit. On, on all of that, you know, Roman hasn't really checked out, but he's not buying into her plan. He's just kind of standing back and watching. Right. Yeah. So Kendall goes to do his tribute and Roman mocks him. Tell that heartwarming story about how you tried to take over the company. Uh, <laughs> and then on the plane, uh, Connor and Greg talk more about the sand and how Greg has fleas or mites or something thriving enthusiastically. Right. <laughs> and he caught them from being in such good seats that he was close to the sand. Right. That's hilarious. Jeannie, I like on the plane, I like on this, I've made a couple comments on our podcast about the plane, but I like how they do the, um, they do good camera work on this plane. Like they make the camera slightly unsteady, just like it would be if you were standing on a plane or trying to walk down the aisle, you know, just a little bit unsteady. Right. No, I love all the camera work in it, you know. It just sort of has that documentary feel, too. Yeah. I mean, it's really so intelligently written. It's great. So Logan talks about the party to Jerry, and even though he's hating it, he kind of gives Rhea credit um, because it is a good strategic opportunity to, um, I guess he calls it a platform for, for strategic announcement. Right. Um, yeah. And I guess that's the plan to announce the CEO. Because he knows he's got a, it, the board meeting's coming up. So he knows he's got to name a successor no matter what. Yeah. And this is the perfect spot for it. So Carolina and the legal team broached the subject of this legal problem that they have with Logan on the plane. And it's basically some accountant on the cruise ship lines has info on this big problem, this previous problem from years ago. And he knows all about everything, Jeannie. He knows about the payouts, the shadow logs, and the aftermath cover-up and everything. And Logan gets mad at Caroline. He gets mad at the messenger. It's pretty funny. Right. And he won't respond to, the person won't respond to their offers of money. Right. So So he... Yeah, who's funding that? Is it Ewan or Stewie and Sandy? I think it's Ewan. Logan says, get, go, get the rat fucker on him. They have some, some title in their organization where a guy's got the title rat fucker. 
get the rat fucker on him, give him the talk and destroy his life. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but an important thing about this development is Rhea does not know anything about it yet. So it's going to work. It's going to work in some people's favor. Right. Soon. <laughs> so he wants to keep it that way. Um, Shiv even rallies Marsha to her side. She says, it must be tough for you. I know how he can be when he has enthusiasm, which I mean, I, I guess means his sex drive. Right. A new, a new enthusiasm. Yeah. We have similar interests and, um, Marsha gives, gives the clue. Like if she wants to throw a surprise party, who am I to spoil it? Like she knows that's going to backfire. Right. Right. It's funny, Jeannie, that they know uh, as much about what not to do as what to do to let these evil clockworks play out to their advantage. Right. She's Shiv's the only one seeing it, like, strategically. Marsha's seeing it, too, but I don't think she doesn't know what's happening, really, obviously. You don't think Marsha knows? Well, I think, no, I think she knows about Rhea, but I don't think... I don't think she thought Rhea was worming her way in to be CEO. Did you? Um, that's a good question. I think she may. I think you're right, and she may just be mad at her because she's sleeping with him. But I love how she handled it. Yeah, that's perfect. That was great. But yeah, the whole CEO question—that was what did it. But anyway, we're getting ahead. So, so this is where the clue, a little bit of a clue about Ewan and Logan. So the cars drive to Dundee. And Logan says he used to, because uh, they drive past this pavilion, and he says, oh, I used to, and doesn't really say the words. Right. So it's so some unknown thing when he sees this pavilion that he remembers, but he doesn't vocalize it. Or that's a bandstand, I guess, not pavilion slash bandstand. And um, that the fact that he was back in Dundee when his mother died, but he hates it. And so his, his last memory of Dundee is his mother dying there. Yeah, and he's just, he's not happy. He's sort of restive and uncomfortable and doing that mumbling thing, like you said. But he must have lived in Dundee for a while after his mother died. I don't know. I mean, how long ago has it been since his mother? I got the feeling it was 100 years. I mean, just a very long yeah. time ago. He was four and Ewan was five. Yeah. So. But the sister, you know, there's something with the the sister. We don't know that either, or, or I don't know. <laughs> What happened with this Rose thing? But Marcia says, I think she says you and June. Or was it you and Ewan? We're lucky to escape this place. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly what she said. It's just fascinating to me, Jeannie, how a guy from such poor beginnings, he, he learned to be rich. Like, how did he learn to be rich? I guess he's 80 now and he has like a whole life of being or, you know, 40 or 50 years of probably having money. But it's interesting that he's like su such hard scrabble beginnings. And he, now he's like pretty smart guy at being rich. Like he's not some trashy millionaire who doesn't know how to be rich. You know, he's like he's it's like he's been rich his whole life and he learned it from his parents. But that's not really what happened. No. And I think he likes that he wasn't rich his whole life. I think it bugs him that his kids you know, have been rich their whole lives in a way. Don't you think that bugs other, don't you think that bugs most people that are rich? About their kids? Yeah. I think it depends on how you raise them. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you raise them to be little rich brats, which plenty of people do, then they're rich and entitled and it's unattractive. I'm sort of, you know, I'm I'm sort of watching, you know, you're thinking about Logan and his, you know, the acquisition of his wealth and how he's handled it. And I'm looking at these kids thinking, why are they so juvenile with him? The whole setup of everything. Connor is in the back seat. You know, you can see him in the back seat like a little nine-year-old yeah. while they're driving along. Tell us a story, Dad. After that juvenile little tribute, then he's in the back seat kind of, you know, wanting a story from Dad. Dad right. sort of tells this lame story, this sort of depressing thing that he doesn't really finish. And Connor's hanging on every word. And Yeah, he wants the Rosebud story. Tell me the Rosebud right. story, Dad. And Logan just answers that Rosebud was a dollar bill, whatever it took me to get the hell out of here. Right. He's not He's not romanticizing it. He's not talking. And Connor's back there like just like a little boy. It could have been. It probably is a really good story. To, I, like how, I hope we learn more about that. I'm sure we will. It's, we have a third season and lots of lots of clues laid out there that definitely invite more. So, Ray, at this point, Jeannie, do you like Ray or do you dislike her? Well, at this point, of course, I don't trust her. So um, I think she's smart, and I, and I love to watch what she's going to do next. And I love how kind of smoothly she manages everybody, manipulates them all. And I love the pushback she's getting. But do I like her? Do I trust her? Well, no. No. You know, it's funny. I liked Ray when I first met her on the show, and now I don't like her at all. And, Why not? I like Shiv a lot, and Shiv m- manipulates people too. And I like Shiv a lot. So I wonder why I like Shiv, but I don't like Ray. What changed? When did it change? Kind of now. Kind of this now. Like she's the she's the the man behind the curtain of this. I don't know what you would call it. Coup. She's, she's, you know. It is like a coup. It is a coup, honestly. And it sort of surprises me that a guy like Logan Roy would just be vulnerable to that. Right now when things are just so, you know, just so critical. Mm-hmm. And then he starts doubting himself in this episode. I don't know if I'm doing I think it's the right better. Thing. I think it's better that Logan's human with these human frailties. Like he has this... He's blocked from seeing Rhea's faults by his desire for her or whatever, his desire for the perfect CEO or his desire for her as a woman or whatever. But he's human. I like the fact that he's not this omnipotent Superman. And I just think, wow, what a blind spot all of a sudden. You know, it's sort of hard for me to reconcile that someone would have that kind of a blind spot. But I guess, you know, I guess... We do. <laughs> Shiv plays the perfect audience proxy for us in this, in the next few scenes. Like, come on, you guys. You you bought into this. You fell for this, too? What happened? How did she get to you? Right, right. Like, I wonder, yeah. too, how did she get to What What about her that makes these guys like her? Well, um, they fla- she flatters them. She knows how to play to their ego. She knows exactly what they need to hear to to soften toward her. Yeah. And Kendall, I mean, Kendall's just, you know, every every episode he's sort of different. Shiv you know, confronts her and says, so are you the type of person who can look somebody in the eye right after you fuck them? And 
Rhea claims Rhea comes up with some excuse that she pitched her to Pierce and it got out of the loop, it got away from her, and she's just, you know she's apologizing for it. Right. Um, also very polite, so very genteel. <laughs> but it's bullshit. It's just of bullshit. course. Uh, but it's she, great how they're playing that game with each other. Yeah, they're playing now, this superficial, you know, thin as ice game. Right underneath that surface, they hate each other. Just it's just posturing. But I do like how Shiv is sort of yeah. She's brushed herself off. She's not laying down. She's going for it. So we get our Jerry and Roman talk. We get one per episode, it seems like. Oh. <laughs> and, and they talk in this little witchy Halloweeny <laughs> talk, which is funny around Halloween coming up now. But is the goblin about to gobble up all the power? Right, right. And uh, yep. Roman brings up old Sally Ann. Jeannie, do we know anything about her? We don't. I think she preceded Marsha, though, somehow. She preceded Marsha and Jerry, probably, huh? Somehow, I think. I don't know where she came, if she came. Jerry's been around for a long time. Hasn't yeah. she? Well, yes. Yeah, Jerry, like well, Jerry was Shiv's godmother. So she's been around for a very long time. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. She said it, she said it, they said it in the first season. Jerry's worried that losing this fight could mean a clean sweep of the board. And uh, to, to hedge against that, she, here's where Roman's value may be apparent. She, she suggests Roman go after this guy, Ed, Edward, Edward, Eduardo, Eduardo, um, who's a new guy with money. We haven't, have we seen him before? He was in, um, yes, we have. He talked to him and, and the guy made it known that, yeah, we might have some money if we can control the message from the country he's from. Oh, right, right. So they're like, oh, maybe. So it is out there, and Roman uh, did work him before. That's the white knight guy that Jerry said you could get this white knight guy to save us? Yes, and they did coke in the bathroom, except I don't think Roman did it. Okay. He just sort of kept it there and looked like he was, but he really didn't. The other guy did, and he just sort of talked to him and, you know, smooth-talked him like he is good at. So Eduardo may have enough money to take them private, and the payoff would be owning, essentially owning the news. You can make the news, make your other ventures look positive, spinning. Exactly. Um, then Roman suggests they get married to consolidate power, Jeannie. Uh, well, um, I don't, I can't, I have no comment on that. <laughs> I thought, does he really mean like actual married? It's funny because he says that and then he flees the scene. Kind of, It's kind of a chicken move. It's not your traditional down-on-one-knee <laughs> proposal. Well, you know, I, he, I think he was a little embarrassed for saying it. Think about it, he says to her, and kind of takes off. You know, I mean, the more we see of him, everything he says that's provocative or scandalous that you hear come out of his mouth, I think we should assume is true with him. Things yeah, have happened he's, to him. He's a bit of an emotional child. Like he's he's always hiding behind sarcasm and humor and he kind of ensures his questions by making them farcical. So right. if, they're, if they're turned down, he can just laugh it off like, "Oh, that was just come on, I wasn't serious." I think he's highly traumatized. He said something this week about some kind of camp counselor sexual abuse. Yeah. Well, 
you know? And I think after he said that thing about um, masturbating in Jerry's bathroom, telling the whole straight truth that was so shocking no one would believe it, watching episodes from last year, I thought, you know what? Everything he is saying like that is, is unbelievable but true. Right. Month, I think. Well, he couldn't have made up that camp counselor thing just to be funny. That had to have really happened. I think so. So I think he's really probably the most damaged. We are here where Kendall now is inviting this actress, Jennifer, to come to Dundee. Uh, I still right. don't know what he sees in her genie beauty. Maybe she's pretty cute, but she's really dippy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He is just... Um, Having a good time with the ladies, as he tells his brother in no uncertain terms. Um, I think Kendall has this burden, too, like wondering if women really have interest in him or if it's just simply his money. That has to be a bit of a burden, I think, for guys. If it's just for the money? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to know. I guess he's been, you know, he just runs so, you know, just from week to week, he, you know, just being so broken the last week, the last episode with what his dad did to him to now he's so enamored with his dad, right? He just can't wait to show, meet the, you know, introduce the girl to his dad and his dad, his dad, his dad. He, he does that tribute. And I just think, God, do they not, does it not hurt them? You know how cruel Logan is to them? It just, you know, it just, I'm baffled by that. Can he not can he not be with Naomi anymore because Logan doesn't approve of Naomi? I just don't know. I just, you know, I think Naomi's out to clobber him actually with the dick pic. Will certainly come back. I can't imagine that wouldn't come back. Why isn't he why isn't he trying to hit up on Naomi though? Well, I have no idea. <laughs> Cuz he's erratic and he's shallow. And he's like a little boy. And he mm-hmm. just goes, and he just, I think he does. I, I, yeah, no, he seems very eager to please his dad, doesn't he? Well, I think that's a bigger part of it than him just being a, a shallow little boy. I think his dad disapproves of Naomi. Because the way he he presents this Jennifer up to Logan later on in this episode, almost like, a, hey, dad, look at, look at this. Is this one okay? And he just dismisses her because she's vapid. Uh, I don't think I think it's like she has to pass the test of Logan for Kendall to continue with any woman. I would believe that now for sure. Although I, I'm not sure. Do you, you think he was presenting Naomi to yeah. his dad? Because honestly, how tone deaf can you be? Uh, he's human, too. I mean, just I, he's he's fault. He's got his faults, too, with. I mean, there's a pretty strong Roy trait of, like, messing things up with bad choices in women. I guess. Or, or, you know, maybe it's not even the woman's fault that it, like, is it, well, I guess you got to kind of say it's partly Rhea's fault. Rhea knows what Logan's situation is, so you can't just say it's Logan's fault. I have no sympathy for Rhea. No, I have got, no, Rhea knows what she's doing. Rhea only wants the job. She doesn't care about Logan at all. Right. But she's we- not even being her own self around him, right? She didn't, you know, she concealed the fact that she really doesn't drink. That bothered him when he found that out. Yeah. 
She's just a manipulator, like like the rest of them. Kendall Kendall had, you know, his first wife seemed like a very strong, acceptable woman, right? She was she's well well accepted in the family still. Can you uh, do you remember what broke them apart? Probably his addiction. Oh, okay. I think I think it was his addiction, actually. So the perfect woman for him is another person with addiction. Maybe, maybe. Naomi. I liked him with Naomi, but I just thought I just thought it was tone deaf of him to, to really to bring her around on the heels of the whole Pierce disappointment and the way Logan was just so ferociously angry at Nan Pierce. He, does he really think his dad's gonna think how great it is that he's fucking her? In the house? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. He didn't bring Naomi over for approval to Logan at that meeting in the UK. We get this cringy Marsha Rea STD talk next, Jeannie. Oh, that was the best. <laughs> Marsha just blasts Rhea. For, for all the cringe, I love seeing Rhea squirm. The best cringy moment is yet to come, though. The number one cringe moment is yet to come. I loved how she played that. She was so direct and so cool. And Rhea usually is the cool one. Rhea is the only time I've ever seen her unsettled was right in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Marcia tells her, when I, when I lose, the other one usually loses an eye. So even if she loses, the other one gets right. hurt. Right, right. Uh, so then Logan separates Rhea and Marsha and asks Rhea, what's the latest? And this is mysterious to me, too, Jeannie, because Rhea says home, homing in on it. And why are they playing this game when they're private with one another? Why are Logan and Rhea pretending that she's doing a CEO search? Well, doesn't he think she is? Didn't he ask her to do that last episode? Let's widen the net. Oh, okay, she said. You know, after he, they ruled out the family and they, you know, got the family away after she got Shiv, you know, no longer the noose around Logan's neck. He did ask her to widen the search so he could have a, a pool of people or a few people to kind of choose from. Well, if she, if that is true and she is really looking for a CEO and really bringing him ideas and people and resumes and all that. We don't see many details of how the selection process happens. I mean, to no, me, we don't. to me, it's a formality that Reyes the CEO, even at this point. And it's, it's mysterious to me why they have to play act when they're private with just the two of them, why they have to pretend that she's not the CEO. Yeah, I guess you're right, although I don't, you know, they're pretending because I don't know that he's really come out and said it to her. He hasn't. It's like Shiv, you know, doesn't really know. You know, she thinks that that's the direction it's going in, even when he says it. Doesn't mean he means it. (laughs) Right. I think Shiv knows she's not the CEO at this point. No, she totally knows she's not. But she's not going to get out of the, the posturing. For it. No, I think she knows she's not, but she's trying to control who is. She doesn't want to be it anymore. Not not at the moment. Yeah. Because she knows what's going to happen when the cruise thing happens. She Well, that's another good question, because I don't know if she knows that yet at this point. 
I think she. Shiv? Yeah, I think she processes this plan. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll, let's talk about it when we get to it. Because um, it's coming up in a little bit here. Right, right. So okay. Tom, Shiv, and Roman now scheme to trip up Rhea. And Roman suggests let's tell everybody Rhea beats her dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's your little boy uh, pl- ploy there. Um, Shiv suggests a more direct attack that she's just a duplicitous liberal, which would really put Logan off. Mm-hmm. So Shiv doesn't – I don't think Shiv thinks she's going to be CEO, but she also doesn't want Rhea to be CEO. Right, yeah. No, I don't think Shiv thinks she's in the running for, at this moment, but she doesn't want her to be named just yet until they find out that the cruise thing is about ready to – this person will not respond to their bribes. Right. But that's still coming up. These guys right. in this little strategy session don't really know that yet. So um, Roman comes right back after tell everybody she beats her dog to get her to ask about Rose, which is like brilliant. Freaking brilliant. And then Jeannie, did I hear this right, that Shiv wants Tom to hit on Rhea? She wanted Tom, yes, to flirt and flatter with her. Why was that, though? Not to like directly hit on her, but just to flirt with her and flatter her and and was it to distract her? I didn't. I didn't get why they wanted, or or to make her look, because they want her to look bad in front of Logan. Yeah, hurdy flirty, yeah, she, not she dirty did, flirty, hurdy flirty. Right. Just um, you know, Tom was sort of you know so uncomfortable with that because I think he's starting to. The ice is shifting too fast under his feet. <laughs> For sure. You know? And it always he, has been. He's just scrambling along to keep Shiv happy. Right, right. So she told him, yeah, she told him to go do that. Do your things. Flap your arms. Do your things. You know how he can get. It's hilarious. Yeah. But, no, he couldn't quite do it. He couldn't quite. He didn't bring the Tom magic this time. So Kendall plants the bait with Rhea about a toast to Rose. And Rhea buys into it totally. Um, and then puts her. It doesn't take long for this to pay off. It's like the next thirty seconds. Right. <laughs> puts her foot right. in her mouth big time, and Logan won't even drink from his glass. His toast. He sets the glass. Down. Puts it right down. Is that after he ran away? After they said surprise, it was. Yeah. The surprise party backfired. He takes off. <laughs> right. That was pretty quick too, though. He t- he takes off and he just walks out of the doorway and he st- stands there, and comes right back in. But he's clearly not happy about the surprise, which again seems kind of juvenile to stomp off like a little boy. Another Roy man trait, probably. As Shiv looks pretty smug when this when this toast thing happens. She gives the the look that you're always talking about the Shiv smug look. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And they and the kid, the siblings, they 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 liked it too. They liked that it worked, but they yeah, they didn't know that her her plan is a little a little bit more nefarious than theirs is just to make her look bad. So this is where Roman comes up with this camp counselor. He goes up to Rhea in a sarcastic mode and says, "Hey, you're fitting right in, just like a camp counselor in my butt when I was twelve. Right? Yeah. Uh, so that's what I thought. There you go. Everything he says is is true, because just the way he laid off that that the next morning, the most provocative thing, like in the long litany of provocative things that he says. All right, Jeannie. So I need some more translation from you. 
he says he sees right through her, and these are the words he uses, I think. <laughs> Peppy fun gun set MILF with a lean in woman branding that works with the Fitbit <laughs> moron people. <laughs> so Peppy fun gun set What's that mean? Or am I not hearing it correctly? I don't know what the fun gun is. I get the Fitbit lean-in woman crowd branding thing. I mean, I just, I can't even say. This It's so hilarious. That was very funny. Because she is, she's very, she knows all the right buzzwords. She's very, you know, woman supportive and very, you know, she's just super smooth. Right, and so she, like Fitbits, it's a good Fitbits, a cool, trendy thing. So I'll get one. I don't even know what it does or how I'll ever even use it, but I'm gonna get one because it's I'm supposed to have one. And she knows how to speak to that set. That's a certain sort of even liberal set, I yeah. think. You know, and you know she's not showing her true self really to Logan, as these things are uncovered about her that he doesn't know, and that she doesn't know about him. So this is where Rhea starts to do, like you said, she she puts on her evil magic. She, she says, well, she, or she implies that she and Roman could have an alliance. And she, at this point, she needs all the friends she can get. So Roman. And she's she's feeling that, too. Even Roman would be a good ally, ally to have. And she tells him he has good instincts, which he laps up. Well, I love what I, I love when he said, first of all, he goes, fuck you. But thank you. <laughs> yeah. Because he does see through her. And he does have good instincts on a certain level. They're just not the best strategic business instincts overall, but they're, you know, they, he does have some good instincts of reading the room and reading people a little bit, I think. Well, and he's susceptible to these half-hearted compliments. Like, she doesn't really mean that, I don't think. No, but I don't think he believes she means it, really. Do you? Really? I think that's true, too. But still, he laps it up. He still needs it. He still he didn't, gets value he didn't, from it. He didn't lap it up as much as Kendall and Connor did. I thought. I thought. I thought. Because he did say, fuck you, but thank you. I yeah. just don't think he believes her. I just don't think he believes her. But, yeah, no. He's not ready to see her the way Shiv is. Because he just hasn't experienced her like that yet. All right, this is where Tom rolls in, and he tries to force bond, but he does not pull it off, Jeannie. Doesn't work. Hey, beautiful people behind the velvet rope. (laughs) No, dead. Dead, right? Perfect Tom (laughs) Tomism, though. No, it's very funny, but usually it works. Usually he can, you know, just work his way through any awkward situation with any of his dumb, hilarious things, but it just wasn't working, and I don't think he was feeling it. Like at he's feeling the shifting. The sands are shifting. Yep. Um, we get a quick scene of Connor hitting up Logan for money for the play, and Logan sends him away. Pretty like like you could care less about this stupid play. Right. Um, and then Shiv and Rhea again. Shiv asks Rhea where her home was, and Rhea just says all over. And Roman, it looks like it looks like Shiv's brothers are going to help her here, but. Not really. Because Roman asked if her mom was a leader of the Democrat, Democratic Socialists. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're helping her to the point of they're having fun needling her just because she's with their dad almost. More so than seeing her as real threat 
with the company. Right. And they're doing it loud enough because Logan's close enough nearby that he can hear this. He, he can hear Rome and ask her, was your mom a leader of the Democratic Socialists? Because he knows uh-huh. his dad would hate that. <laughs> <laughs> and then they don't let the waiter pour her a drink. So right. I didn't know she, she didn't drink. Right. Well, where, how did we learn that? I don't think I did not know that. She was pretending to drink. And, and no, she doesn't drink. And so I don't know how they knew that. She does take What's a drink, she? though, when Connor tells she she drinks. I'll bet you she took the most minute of sips then if she doesn't drink. Connor, I think Connor says, great to have everyone here to plan Dad's funeral memorial. <laughs> and Rhea's smart, man. She wiggles off the hook again right here by saying that he's going to outlive us all. And Logan liked that, I think. Right. Greg continues to complain about his flea bites. Uh, and then they see that solo protester, Jeannie. He's holding up a one guy holding up a sign that says Roy Cunt. What, what was that? What? Who's the Roy Cunt? Uh, Logan, I think. He's a cunt. Or the family. They're cunts. Yeah, it's okay. they hate him. That guy does yeah. anyway. <laughs> right. Um, Greg says it's practically a compliment in some parts of the UK. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they go look at Logan's old house. And it's not such a bad house, Jeannie. They really rip it, but it's like a normal house, like a nice... Everybody's waiting out in front, and he drives off. Yeah. So this is a this is another one of my where the money is things. Comes up in a, a little bit, but so Greg continues to complain about his, his sand problem. He says that his sand mites are being attacked by midges in his pants or whatever. <laughs> Logan pulls up and takes a 15-second look at this house and then just bails. And so I I thought Jeannie was interesting about the positioning of the people. Some people were in the crowd waiting for Logan to pull up, and some people were in the car. And kind of a la my follow-the-money theory, Logan is with Marsha and Kendall in the car. And everybody else is outside of this tight little circle. They're all out on the sidewalk at the house. Mm-hmm. I thought that this has to mean something. And I was actually looking for Rhea, and I couldn't find her in the crowd, and I didn't see her in the car. So I'm not sure where she is in this wacky theory that I have. But Kendall and Marsha are with Logan, and I think that's telling. Hmm. Shiv's outside, isn't she? Shiv's on the She's street. The, yeah. They've got press there. They're going to do pictures. He's going to get out, go in. Pay a visit. Yep. The photographer's there. They're ready to make a kind of the thing they were going to do with the family or the kid who went off into the creek. Right. Press thing about it. But Logan doesn't even want to get out of the car. So off they go, leaving everyone stand there. Again, another little kid move to me. I'm not getting out. Yeah. It's kind of like the Irish. um, What do they call that when you leave a party without saying goodbye to people? I don't know. Rude. Irish departure. I've done that before. <laughs> I'm like 94% Irish. So. All right, well. Uh, Jerry tells Shiv that the shipping problem, guys, getting worse. $10 million isn't going to be enough. Um, and, yeah, I think this is a UN plant. This, this guy's got unlimited funds. 
At least that's what the Reddit world is speculating, and it kind of seems like it makes a lot of sense. It does, given given how bitter he is and how he wants to kind of bring it to some kind of climax. And he, he'd be willing to just take down the whole company, don't you think? I think so. I'm wondering, Logan gave Ewan some money? Because Lo- Logan, they didn't... It's not like he took over in Vanilla Sky, like he took over from his dad and... You know, Ewan and Logan were partners. I think maybe they were partners, and maybe Logan took it in the direction that Ewan. You know, he 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 started ATN, and he didn't like it, and who knows? That's interesting. So, so they does? were both pri- they were both primary founders of the company, and then I mean, it could have been because he's got he's threatening to cut Greg off from a two hundred and fifty million dollar inheritance, right? Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of money. So I guess we, we don't know. I bet we find out. It'll be interesting to find out. Two more episodes. I want to know more about the background of Logan and Ewan and how they started this whole thing. Uh, so they drive to the clickbait college that's now named after Logan. Right. Clickbait college. Uh, <laughs> Rhea asked Kendall why he set her up with Rose. Like, why did you put me... You know, he essentially screwed her with this Rose toast. Right, right. And... and he kind of rushes it off, doesn't he? He just says he's he was offended for his sister and Frank and Jerry. And it's kind of a, I, maybe another follow the money event. Like, why did he set why did he choose to set her up? Well, I don't know, because it, it um, that would what he said would imply that he does see how she's manipulating. I'm offended on behalf of my brother, my sister, Frank, Jerry. That's the. Those are the core group. Those are the Frank and Jerry and everyone are they're coming to Shiv now. You know, so why didn't Kendall Shiv, buy in and help Shiv really deposition her? But wouldn't it seem like with that statement Kendall does does see what she's doing? When at first it seemed like he was kind of oblivious and he was just playing along with the rose thing to needle her. What? Doesn't it seem like he's a little more dialed in to what she's doing at, with that comment? Why would he be offended on behalf of all the people that he named. That's my question. If it weren't a business, I'm offended for the business. Frank and Jerry, his brother and sister and himself and Frank and Jerry. Did he say Marsha? No. See, Never. that's another follow. That's why I'm saying it's a follow the money. There's a clue here. Like he says, I'm offended for my sister, Frank and Jerry. He doesn't mention Roman or Connor or Marsha. It's Frank and Jerry and Shiv. He sees the power circle yes. as the current board, the current people. And so he's offended for them, which is why he wanted to make her look bad, which means he can see what she's doing on some level. Okay. That's what I, what else could it be? I don't know. I, it just seems, I mean, this is a pretty rich plot. There's a lot of different things to sort out. I wonder what else it could be, though. If they were, they're, they're, they're the company people. He didn't say my brother and my sister. My brother's my no. sister. He says his sister, my sister, my sister Frank and Jerry. Okay. Um, well, to me that to me that suggests, yeah, he can. He's he's seeing he's seen through her. Yeah. 
This is where things start to turn in Rhea's favor. It seems like the tide's kind of turning in her favor. She begins to push back and win them over. She slightly threatens Kendall. She compliment, compliments slash threatens him with everything you've been through. With everything you've been through. Like the drugs, Naomi. And maybe the car crash? Do you think she knows about the car crash? I just don't know. I'm going to say, I hope not. <laughs> I'm going to say no, she doesn't. And she paints, but, Rhea paints this picture of when we're all out on the other side of this, it's you, Kendall. Right. Kendall says, yeah. thank you. Right. Now then he is susceptible to it. Where I didn't see that Roman necessarily was sort of really preening under it where Kendall did. Kendall did. Hmm. I, I just didn't. That was just my take on it. He yeah. did. And then, you know, just the flattery. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. I know. So back, <laughs> back at the college, Logan clashes with you. And Logan is surprised he's even there in Scotland. <laughs> he's right, like, did right. Marsha call you? Did Marsha tell you to come? And Ewan says, no, your new one. Your new one did. Meaning rare, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Logan tells Greg the story of the missile thrush burst. So this is what I got from this story of the grandstand. He tells Greg, Logan tells Greg the story of the missile thrush birds he'd see at this grandstand. How he would see these birds, this rare bird that they would bird watch as boys, would look for this uh -huh, bird, uh -huh. and how Ewan would erase the sightings because he thought Logan was making them up like he would pretend he saw the bird to kind of get credit for seeing this rare bird. Uh-huh. So, but that can that be enough to make them hate each other freaking no. 75 years later? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, those are just brotherly memories or, or something that is not, that could not be it. No, so, it can't be it. It has to do with you and hates everything Logan stands for in business and what he's done in the world. He's like, you're responsible for all of this in the world. You know, like what he's putting out there, you're worse than Hitler. Right. We learned that pretty clearly that he's, he's, his news is like saying all the things that you and is against. And so, I, I, so you don't think it was one event that they can both put their finger on in the past. It was mostly what Logan's done with the company. It seems like it. He certainly hates what Logan's done with the company. I mean, that's pretty clear. Whether it goes prior to that, right? I don't know, because, because Ewan has a lot of money. So that would say to me that I don't think Logan would be giving his brother $250 million for no good reason. It seems like he would have had to have been earned it on some level. Maybe he bought him out. Maybe, who, who knows? Right. Ewan seems like the type of guy who would quit on principle. And you do, you, do you think that that $250 million represents most of what Ewan has? Doesn't he live pretty frugally? Yeah. Well, for a person with $200 million. Right. Yeah, but I, like up in the house, he had to drive. Greg had to drive him in the car hours. From Canada. Yeah. Yeah, I get the I get the impression that that's most of his estate that the, that two fifty. It's not divided up like Greg's getting one twentieth of it. It's like that's mostly everything. I think that represented Greg's inheritance pretty much. Is when he mentioned that amount. Right, but Greg could be one of seventeen people getting an equal share. 
Right. I, I don't think it's that. I think that is most of it. I think it's I think it's they're saying that Ewan's worth two fifty and Logan's worth a lot more than that, Jeannie, because that like that plane they fly around in is worth seventy thousand seventy million dollars. Right. We know he has a hundred and fifty million dollar house somewhere in, in the Hamptons. Multiple, multiple homes. Yeah. And he's throwing ten million at people like it's you know, here take this twenty and run away and go away. So he's million. worth twenty five billion. Yeah, no, for sure. It's worth a lot more. So, um, yeah, and so where are we? So Logan gets a robocall. I don't know why they threw that in there. Did you catch any meaning to that? Well, I think that it might have been a robocall for the board meeting. I think that was it. Yeah, it is. It's a robocall saying, don't let this continue. Vote against what Logan wants to do. So, yeah, it was just an accident, <laughs> just something to annoy him. But why, what, what meaning in the plot does it have for them to put that in here? Maybe for us to know that they're still continuing to lobby the board actively up until the last minute. That if Logan can get a call, it's going to every single other person? Definitely. Yeah, okay. Uh, so Greg's, Greg's trying to put some good shine on this. He says, it's nice to see Ewan with his brother. <laughs> But right. then Ewan tells the truth. He says Logan's evil for the environment, and he's just evil for the world, essentially. He's worse than Hitler. Um, he tells Greg he wants him to stop working for him at the risk of this inheritance of $250 million that could just as easily go to Greenpeace. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so I do think, I think it's, I think he just, he hates everything Logan stands for. Okay. I'm hoping for some event in the past that divided them. Okay, so Roman meets the Eduardo soccer guy. He wants him to buy a soccer kicky ball team, Scottish kicky ball team. Right, right. (laughs) Called the Hearts, and get them to climb up in the standings and then flip the team for a huge profit. And uh, they're both kind of playing, you know, who's, who's got the smarter idea, who's got the bigger bankroll with each other here, I think. Um, Roman brings up investing in Royco and Eduardo says he has full decision making power for his family. And Roman says, well, yeah, same with me. He tries to make some, you know, he tries to play head. He tries to keep on an even par with Eduardo. Right. Um, And very humorously tries to make some dumb soccer comments that reveal that he actually knows nothing at all about the sport. Such that he bought the wrong team. Right, but he's what they're watching a game at the bar, and he's like, "Oh, look at that kicky!" You know, he's like, "No, he doesn't know anything about the sport." Um, you gotta love the way he just blurts anything out, knowing that he doesn't know anything about it. Just the way he did with the book at the at the dinner with the um, Pierce family. Yeah, yeah, he's an idiot, but he's a fearless idiot. He's a fearless idiot, completely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Kendall's with his girl now, Jennifer, the girl from the play, and she wants to know if it's okay to steal the bathroom soap. And Connor shows up and says, Willa needs Jennifer back. Send her back. (laughs) And Kendall says, not a chance. They're engaged in a Lewis and Clark psychosexual fucking exposition. That's showbiz, Connor. Right, right. Which is just so, you know, it's just so, um, they're just so egocentric. You know, I mean, I just couldn't imagine taking someone away like that, you know, and then just being so self-centered about 
dominating her time when she really doesn't mean anything to you. Right. And it's, it's what I want to do, even if it ruins the play for 15 other people and right. investors and other actors and people in the audience. It's just what Kendall wants. It's just the height of, you know, and I can see if, if Logan sees that kind of attitude in his kids, wouldn't that make you sick too? You rich, entitled little fuckers acting yeah. like that. I don't think Logan sees it at that level, but. Shiv, Shiv holds her, it's time to kill her dead meeting with the brothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is where her plan really crumbles, Jeannie. She, first, Connor says, would Rhea really be the worst thing to happen to the Roy family? And then Kendall right. says, maybe you've overplayed your hand. And Roman, they, they rip Roman a little bit, but he says, look, I, you may be able to rip me, but I know more about this than all of you together, kind of naively. Right. But Kendall sums it all up with the true meaning, Jeannie. It's what dad wants. It's what dad wants. We've got to do what dad wants. They're just not seeing it the way she is. You know, I think they're just, I don't think they're seeing it the way she is. They're seeing that their dad is with her. Did, did she say that, did she tell them at that time that she's afraid that Ray is going to end up being the CEO? I don't think so. No. But they're not listening to her. They're still laughing at her. Right. Know? They're going along with what Logan wants. They know they can't, it's like, hey, it's foregone. We can't overcome what he wants. So why, who even cares what you want to, you want to have this killer dead meeting, but it doesn't matter. It's what dad wants. Right. Uh, we also learned, interestingly, Jeannie, that Connor's mom was sent to some asylum at some point. So that'll be interesting to find out more about because she might even still be living. Yeah. I'm trying it's to think deranged. of deranged. Never even heard much about her before that I can remember. No, because I, you know, so I was wondering, and I think something happened this season to tell me that he was raised with them and had whatever mother they had. Because she was not around. Okay. Connor even says that he started to like her. He started to like Rhea. And Shiv calls him the first pancake. Yeah. The crappy first pancake that doesn't turn out very well. (laughs) She's left in tatters after this. She has, like, no support from her brothers. I felt bad for Shiv after this. But, no, I liked her because she had her mojo. She had her mojo back. And she was thinking strategically. She was thinking more like a Roy than any of them. She's resilient. I'll give her that for sure. No, I think she's showing good instincts. And, you know, she could develop into a fine shark. Aren't Jerry, though? Jerry and Frank, they're kind of looking to her now. They're not going to Kendall and saying this is happening. They're coming to Shiv, right? Oh, have they done that yet? Well, it comes up pretty soon. I can't. I'm still trying to figure out why her brothers don't, why they don't stick together, the four of them. Maybe not Connor, the three of them. Or even maybe the two of them, Kendall and Shiv. Give, give me that. You know, why don't they stick together? They're, they're so I, afraid of well, Logan. They fell apart at that coup meeting when Kendall was late for the meeting in season one. Right. Right. That was the best. That was one of the best episodes. Oh. I thought that was so good. They did fall apart. They're afraid of him. Kendall wasn't afraid of him, you know, up well, until. Up he was late. afraid of him, but he was willing to face that fear. He was. But the other, I think that, I think that they'll come around 
with her. I do feel like the brothers will come around with her before this season ends. But they're just still sort of laughing at her. They're still thinking of her, you know, just the big the big failure that she did, blurting it out at the meeting, and then her silly memo. They're just not... They're not seeing that things have changed yet. Do you think they admire her? Not yet. Or do you think they, you know, you're the silly girl trying to play at business and dad's got this all figured out. You're you're never going to crack in his armor. I think that they're still thinking like that. Okay. And she's she's been smacked down and she's gotten up and she's different. She has one more... um, problem to deal with because as she walks to this party with Tom she learns that even Tom has turned on her right <laughs> uh, but man Jesse Armstrong's constructed this plot so <laughs> perfectly that these looming cruise problems are going to be a huge fulcrum for Shiv to leverage everything back for herself and, and Tom is going to take the big fall so Jeannie every now and then in these podcasts I got to turn to Wikipedia for help um, and I did this here in this next scene when you and Greg are kind of looking at the crowd and mm-hmm. Ewan references this Tacitus. Did you know Tacitus? No, I didn't look it up. Okay. Tell us. Tacitus was a Roman orator. And in Wikipedia, they say that he had an appetite for conquest and plunder. So Ewan is comparing Logan to Tacitus. He's made a wasteland and he calls it an empire. And Greg tries to play along with this deep, philosophical (laughs) yeah he was all killer and no filler (laughs) (laughs) poor Uh, Greg he doesn't know what to say yeah but then he's kind of put on the spot because you and ask Greg if he's resigned yet and he's still mulling it over right right uh Connor (laughs) tells the party that his play is getting bad buzz Connor's really getting sick of this whole theater Willa thing I think yeah, no, he doesn't. He's not enamored with her like he was. All it's right. too much work. It's too much work on him. It's not worth it for the Willa payoff. Right. He's not a he's not a playwright. He's not a play person. He's doing it for the woman. He's doing it for Willa. Right. Yeah. All right. Rhea gathers the crowd for the big surprise, and this is where Logan just sees it, turns heel, and just walks out. This was a pretty funny moment. I like seeing Rhea get. Another stab. Right. That was awesome. 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 Jennifer's getting messages from back home that the play is really pissed off at her for her not being there. And she says something like, you got all you talk about is your dad. That's not going to work well in the Roy family. Right. She said that. And then when he brought her there and she said, awesome, numerous times, that annoyed him. And then, yeah, the look on his dad's face, which just still just so surprises me that he could be so susceptible and influenced by his dad the way his dad breaks him all the time. Yeah. She's a victim of a couple things here. She, First of all, she is empty-headed. But in between these two scenes, Connor comes back in and tries to wedge in his need for investment in the play. Logan's not an, interested at all in this play. And then Jennifer comes up to meet him. And all she says is awesome. And it's just, she, has really, she has the unfortunate timing of being the second theater person in like two minutes to talk to Logan. Right. Uh, he couldn't be more rude. He says she has a mind like a balloon. <laughs> Which she kind of does. Kendall's face. Do you see his face? It just fell. Just right. when he saw. Oh, it just 
so disappointed. <laughs> That's why I say these women, he's serving them up to Logan. Like, do you give me approval for this or not? And if not, the woman's out. Maybe. Definitely with her. But I didn't know about Naomi. Yeah, Naomi's mysterious still. I think Naomi's still out there, maybe. All right, Jeannie, this is another mystery. Okay, so Shiv comes up to Logan with this book of houses, the photos of the houses. And he their doesn't. Houses. Yeah, but he doesn't realize that they're theirs, that they're his, his own houses. Right. And he's preoccupied, and Shiv's trying to set this trap. But do you think, Jeannie, this vague book of houses was part of a plan? I got the feeling it was probably her gift that she brought. I don't think it was part of her plan. I think it's just part of setting a relaxed conversational tone. She was probably going to give it to him. She called a truce. Mm -hmm. was friendly. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how she could have come up with it on the spot. It's part of a plan. we, we got to remember, though, that Shiv at this point still does not know that the problem guy is not going to be bought off. They still think that they'll buy him off and settle this problem and silence it. She doesn't think that she can set up Ray up yet. So she's got – maybe it is just a simple book. It's hard to buy a rich person a gift because they I have – I think it's a gift. I think it's a gift for the occasion, the 50 years. The commemoration mm -hmm. for her dad. They, they have an interesting conversation, though, because she comments on the past, like things in the past, uh, things they've done in the past. And Logan says there's so much of it, but it's the future that's real, which is somewhat profound. Like there's so much because it's the past that's haunting them, the past with this cruise ship thing. There's so much of it. There's so much and, of the past. And he doesn't want to be part of the past. He's 80 years old. You know, he knows it's right behind him. You know what I mean? He, but he doesn't want to be part of the past. He wants to be part of the future. Yeah, that's what's interesting to me, though, because you would think somebody who's 80 years old would, we, would revel in the past and have less concern about the future because there's so little of the future. Unless that's what makes it precious to him. But he just can't. I mean, I just, you know, he's just unwilling to give up anything and to admit that he's look, look at how mad he was at Marsha when she suggested, you know, you're older, you should sell the company, even though I don't think she really meant it when she said that. But I don't know. I think he's very vulnerable to feeling like he's about to be relegated to the past and the future, you know, there's just so everything is riding on the future and he doesn't want, you know, this whole the whole commemoration thing could have really been framed to put him in the past, too, and to make the way for the future. Fifty years in the past, we brought us this far. I don't know. I think he's feeling super vulnerable. Right. About past and future. I'm still struggling now. with timing big time on this, Jeannie, because, you know, Jerry has this meeting, this what the fuck are we going to do committee meeting right, after right. after this. It's not before this. So Shiv doesn't know yet that there's the problem is bigger than we all thought. While she's talking about this book with Logan. Um, 
And it's it's interesting because they float these Rhea test balloons around one another. Logan and Shiv do. They uh, Logan says she's a liberal. Like the, I got to figure that out because that's I don't like that. I got to deal with that. And Shiv says, "Well, so am I." Like she's supporting. She's kind of lobbying for Rhea to support Logan. Like either way, you know, I'm I'm liberal. It's not such a bad thing. Like she doesn't pile on Rhea. She's kind of helps. Logan process the fact that she's liberal. I think she probably feels like she will have more influence if she isn't like opposing her dad right now, because Logan's going to do what Logan wants to do. Like they all know. So maybe just kind of ease along, keep the conversation open with him. Don't be contentious, get past, get past the hurts, have a truce. And plus, they all do love their dad, you know? Nobody carries bitterness in their heart towards him to, to, in the point where they act. They're always all around him, and they're always, you know, catering to whatever he wants, regardless of how terrible he is to them. <laughs> well, yeah, he's definitely the sun in their solar system. They all orbit around him, for sure. Orbit around him, and they, you know, they're, 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 they're admiring him also. But I think she's sort of... Just trying to, you know how you do when she knows she she overplayed all the other stuff. So she's trying to, I think, just level the playing field a little bit, see what he's really thinking, you know? So, I don't think she thinks it's going to be her. Yeah, so Rail will be CEO. I'll, I'll be powerful somewhere as a second or third in this whole mess, and then my day will come another time. Sure. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. All right. So that makes sense. That makes this all add up a lot better. She's playing it smart. She's the only one playing it smart out of, out of the kids now. So she says, I'm a liberal too, so don't be mad at Rhea for being liberal. And Logan says, but you get it. Uh, she told me that she drank. She even had whiskey with me. What a prick tease. And Shiv says, oh, Dad, we don't use that word anymore. Mm-hmm. That statement mm-hmm. anymore. You're right. She is building up her credibility by this impartiality. Yeah, I think so. She's very believable. It makes her very believable. All right, Logan and Greg meet in the bathroom, and he and Greg shares this dilemma that he has with Ewan. Right. Uh, (laughs) He may, in fact, need to negotiate a bit of a Grexit. (laughs) Now, that was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) So who do you want to be with? You know, what does he say? Um, Uncle Fun or Grandpa Grumpy? Yeah, Uncle Fun or Grandpa Grumps. (laughs) <laughs> I like how Logan challenges it up, to, leaves it up to him, though. Like your fate is in your own hands. It's right. up to you to make the call. I like that. That's that's good. Um, but yeah, Uncle Fun or Grandpa Grumps. And now Jerry has this meeting. She actually separates somebody, Shiv from some. She gets Shiv away from maybe Rhea. But she has this what the fuck are we going to do committee. And it's she reveals the latest in this cruise guy problem. He's so now she, turned. And she's not going to the guys, though. She's not getting she's not getting Kendall in there or Roman. No, it's that circle. It's the it's that board, the board people. She, and Shiv. He's turned down the second offer. Yeah, and Shiv. He's turned down the second offer. He's turned down everything, in fact. And he has some sort of a backer. And everything's going to come out. If he spills his guts and everything comes out, the new CEO will get ripped apart. 
And this is where Shiv realizes that this trap could be set for Rhea. Right. At this moment, not before this moment. Um, and now this is where Kendall does his squiggle rap, Jeannie. Oh, my God. Okay. The best, you know, the most, the cringiest moment, I think, of the series to date was the rap. You think so? Oh, it's the best, right? I like how Jesse Armstrong <laughs> describes it. He says, it was horrible. It was unwatchable, but good. It really was. It was, it was, it was the cringiest moment, for sure. It was good enough, though, to, to be amused by it. Oh, it was hilarious. But, you know, can you imagine? And just him doing that, it's just, you know, when you really think about oh, somebody that just, how could he do that with a straight face? Uh, well, he does it. As he's starting to get ready to do it, Tabitha asked if he's going to strip. Roman speculates he's going to masturbate on stage. <laughs> they're both wrong and quickly horrified. But two people do love it, Jeannie. Greg and Jennifer love the rap song. Oh, that's hilarious. Greg's trying to move around and stay in tune with it, and Jennifer's just beaming watching it. And his siblings are filming him horrified. Right. You know? <laughs> but it was just so, it's so funny to think of this person, Kendall, you know, being this grown man and agreeing to, to, to do that, to perform that. I mean, it's just as awful as Connor Roy's, hello, I'm Connor Roy, your son speech. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what strategic advantage it gives Kendall. It looks kind of cool to the young people. But no, I mean, all the board members are looking at, I you know one guy, one older guy was kind of getting into it. But all the board members are horrified by this. Well, it doesn't even work. I mean, it just feels like, it just doesn't feel even congruent with the moment with Logan, with the setting, you know what I mean? It just was so, um, just so. It was an outlier with Kendall's depressed mood. And yeah, it was kind of <laughs> wild. <laughs> um, okay. So they do play the tributes. Uh, Kendall's is first. Uh, while that's going on or right after that, Roman introduces Eduardo and the fact that they bought the wrong soccer team. Like you said, Jeannie. Uh, Logan is a fan of Hibs, not Hearts, <laughs> and he has to correct Roman. And you know, Logan would never, ever, you know, be polite or be gracious about anything. You know exactly what he feels. You know, like y y you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like put somebody down for buying you the wrong present, like an idiot. You know the way he does. Yeah, except for maybe a Scottish soccer team that might be a $30 million <laughs> purchase <laughs> and you buy the wrong thing. Uh, I don't know. It was funny. In its, in its comedic error, it was very funny because it's such a huge right. mistake. that. And then Roman just laughs at, oh, I'm, I'm up next. Watch me. And he's just like, well, that's the end of that. Uh, like, as always, you know, everything he tries to do sort of lands with a thud. Yep. This is where Shiv puts this final piece into play. She does go up to Logan now and says, Dad, do what's right. She's the right one for now. You can't just give it to me because of sentiment. And it's kind of, she's saying this as her tributes playing in the background. Right, because she can see that he's sort of agitated and doesn't know what to do all of a sudden. 
Yeah, I think it helps Logan. She blesses Rhea and it helps Logan. Right. Um, right. He announces her, Rhea Jarrell is the new CEO. And we get these interesting Dana Mont moments after, after this happens. Um, Kendall immediately sends Jennifer home because she said, right. He says, you said awesome a lot. <laughs> and he, they're outside and he goes to get her coat and just never goes back to her, Jeannie. Yeah, he's awful. He, he just do you remember? Do you remember in the first season when he met with those girls? He wanted to buy their company, and he was trying to be so cool in the room with them. And they were young entrepreneurs, and they turned him down. They they didn't like what he stood for. They didn't like ATN and all that. And he he saw them at a party. And do you remember this? And yeah. he pressured them say why and then when they finally said look dude you know what we just don't like you get get out of here basically and he told frank to just ruin him remember he said oh those girls you know spread rumors about him that they're taking all their investors money and shooting up with it and that they're sluts remember and he just like slash and burn same with the girls get her out of here yeah all right so next scene marcia and logan talk she's really angry about the ceo appointment that has not been cleared by her. Uh, she tells him, you've been careless of me. Go to your shiny little gravestone plaque. And she walks out on Logan. Do you think that's it? Well, no, I think that's it for this party, but I mean, do you think, pissed. do you think they're done though? No. Uh, well, I don't think so. He's been married. Is that his third or fourth wife? Three of, we know plus Jerry as a mistress and Rhea as a mistress and but you know it seems like she would accept she accepts the the you know extramarital affair part but not when he's confiding in her and um she's cut out of the business decision that's very interesting that's what it is though she's mad maddest about the fact that he pointed Rhea without her knowledge without talking it over with her she's no longer on the inside so Ewan comes up to Logan and says, Mother would have hated all this and that trash you call news. She'd never have approved. It's harder to know what's worse, your news outlets or your cruise division. And Logan says, we last we, saw her when you and I were five, when you were five and I was four, and you know what she'd approved of? How could you know that? And he says, I've been your meal ticket. So that makes me wonder how they parted again, like, they started the company, maybe it was worth a little bit, and then Logan made it huge. He maybe does call him, his, he said, I've been your meal ticket. And then at what point did he say something about the sister? He says, then Ewan says, Rose wasn't your fault, but this empire of shit is. It's time to pay up. And that was the end. Yeah. So Rose wasn't your fault. So we got to know what happened there. Rose died prematurely of something. I think she committed suicide. Oh, did she? Okay. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I prematurely for sure. Carrying the burden of guilt about something, which is probably uncharacteristic for a man like Logan. All right, Jeannie, did you watch the next ons? I did not. News talk headlines. Now it's on the national news about this cover-up. So it does get out. And now it's even investigators at some political hearing, like a congressional investigation committee, are asking Tom if he knows Greg, and he answers no. 
Tom <laughs> tells of, under oath that he doesn't know Greg. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the next scene is like Shiv's like talking to Tom like, no, you don't know. it. Like, how could you lie like that? Uh, and then Logan says, 10 bad minutes in, on camera in D.C. could be the end. And by the way, the next and the name of the next episode is D.C. So they're all going to testify. They're essentially caught. Yeah, they're caught about this cruise ship thing. Fascinating. And then the final one that I caught was Roman asked Eduardo directly if they have the muscle to take us. Do you have the muscle to take us private? I thought they already established that. I guess he didn't get right around to that about going private. No, they, they're yeah. flirting with their business interests. And Roman buys the soccer team just to, like, get in with him. He doesn't care about the soccer team. He really no. wants him to say he really wants to ask him directly, can your family invest in my family? And he hasn't done that yet. Okay. And that's it, Jeannie. No Jerry? They didn't show her? If they did, I didn't catch it. But there's only two left. DC and I don't catch I didn't catch the name of two ten, but two oh nine is DC, so it should be interesting to see them sitting in front of this committee and Tom freaking lying about Greg, he's gonna cannot be a lie that he can maintain. So, I love when Tom lies. I just love his face when he lies. You could just see it. You can just see it getting hot, and he blinks a little bit, and it's just. <laughs> can Tom go to jail? Can we see these people in jail? I suppose he could if he perjures himself, right? You almost have to. There's no getting away with that. I guess we're going to find out. All right. So that's it, Jeannie. I'll see you next time on 209 DC. Sounds good. I can't wait. Talk to you then. Bye.